in red <laughs> Standing cheek to cheek Fucking out your asshole Lady in red Red as the tip of a dog's penis Glowing in the sun Lady in red Blood staining your sundress Cause you just cut up a little Croatian man Oh, a melon. Red. She what? cut up a melon, okay? She, it was she cut a Croatian up a, man. That's that's a derogatory word for little Croatian oh, men. Oh, really? Melons. Yeah. <laughs> melon is a slur? Yeah, melon is a slur. Uh, you melon! You goddamn melon over here! Welcome to the sports show. Uh, this is the show about sports. Today, um, a huge day for sports, of course. Yeah. Uh, the Montreal yeah. Expos beat the Canadian Canadian um, Bluebirds, Toronto Bluebirds. Right, the Montreal, yeah, they, they beat the Toronto Bluebirds, the Montreal Expos. Yeah. Am I getting uh, my teams mixed up? No, no, you're right. And also uh, the Winnipeg uh, Flagellists mm-hmm. beat the Calgary Nightmare Fuckboys. Nightmare. The Nightmares. Um, I, Well, I'm watching yeah. a new anime. You say Nightmare brings up the uh, mech. The mechas in Code Geass. Co- Code Gay Ass? Code Geass, the Code anime Gass, I'm watching yeah. now. Yeah. They have uh, uh, me- mechas are called nightmares, and it's nightmare with a K. Ooh, like they're knights, yeah. but they're also horses. They're also what? They're also a lady horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this makes it weird. Wait, are the are the mechas horses? No. I've never seen Code Geass. That's a that's a, a a blank spot in my anime pantheon. No, they're not horses. They're just normal. Like they look like um, transformers. Oh, but uh, yeah. what does it add to the mecha genre? Is it a searing uh, deconstruction of it, like Evangelion? No. no, not a deconstruction of it. It's more. It's you know the same uh, story in every anime. Like young boy with with a with no dad is given mm. a special power. Okay. Usually in mecha animes, there's like a lot of warring colonies. That's often that's often a, a theme in mecha animes is yeah. warring colonies. The it's the funniest thing about it is that um, Great Britain has become an empire called Britannia, and they of course yeah. they own they've taken over like. A quarter of the world, and there's four oh, empires God. in the world: Britannia, China, Russia, and the EU. Um, <laughs> the EU, yeah, really? EU. Uh, That's funny. America <laughs> just didn't make it, I guess. America didn't make it. America became yeah. Britannia, and Japan uh, is a sector uh, that has been conquered by Britannia. And there's like, uh, Japan is very nationalistic, and there's t- there's like pro-Japanese liberation fronts, and they're doing. That's ex- Extremely funny. They're doing terrorist attacks. There's a lot of there's a lot of Anglophilia in Japan. That's actually like a thing. Like Japanese people uh, like British shit. Mm-hmm. Actually, like George Takei is an affirmed Anglophile. Says, "Oh yes, I am an Anglophile. Anything British, I absolutely adore. I find it." But it, it makes sense away because they're both island nations that went way crazy with the whole colonialism thing. That went, you know, sort of uh, outkicked their coverage in terms of bloody hell that they rained down on everyone else. Yeah, they're so, made for each other. They're a beautiful yeah. pairing. They're like mm-hmm. sister countries. 
Oh, yeah, and they're also just obsessed with being upright and Mm -hmm. stiff upper lip and, you know, don't show your emotions and everything must be orderly. Uh, Except in England, that's sort of balanced out by the fact that they have this very uh, ribaldous and riotous population of guys. You know, uh, did you see people during the England versus Italy game, you know, running a horse down the street and, you know, getting naked and flopping around their tiny English penises everywhere and going, bruv! (laughs) <laughs> Bruv, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it this time. Yeah, Bruv. they yeah. weren't flopping around before the game. They weren't flopping around so much after. Yeah, but Japan, there's not, there's not that counterbalance. There's not that you know drunken garbo proletariat. Uh, that is the secret face of Japan. It's just all formality all the way down. Well, they are all drunk. Very, I mean, they are very that is drunk. True. They're very drunk, but they 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 keep it together. In a certain way. It's Japan's weird because they're all drunk, but they're like all drunk with their work friends. Yeah. Constantly and drinking after work. Yes. They all maintain a certain base level of politeness as well. Hmm. Uh, even when they're entirely wasted, like a, a, like a Japanese guy will still clean up after himself at the bar. Whereas, you know, the, the English guy will just shit on the bar table. That's the real bar stool yeah, sports the, right there. The English are barbarians. Yeah, they're barbarians. They're totally uh, uncivilized. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, that's what's funny about their accents, too, because they'll talk like this, and they'll just be tearing <laughs> apart a child's ribcage like a Thanksgiving turkey. There you go. <laughs> and eating their heart. Yes, very good. Yeah, and um, yeah, they're monster cannibals mm-hmm. uh, that are fancy boys as well, which is uh, what's funny about them. Yeah, uh, the worst uh, country to pick to have um, base a legal system on, also. Yeah. Oh yeah, the adversarial, the adversarial legal method. Let's get two guys, and they're gonna argue. No matter what you know, the actual merits of the case are. They're gonna argue the most extreme hypothetical situations, and then we're gonna judge based on that. You know. It's yeah. you, we're gonna win law by fighting each other. It's, well, it's like let two guys a thousand years ago decided something, and then that becomes something. We're gonna reference that forever now. Yeah, and that's the part of the, that's common law as well. Is that you know, uh, the law that's in the 1600s? It's precedent. It's very hard to get over. We can't get over this precedent. It's precedent. They already decided it. If <laughs> yeah, we couldn't been, get over it, it would break the precedent. There's it's too been much precedent. Decided. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's not really an evolving legal form. Speaking of like the adversarial legal form, you've been, the Ed Buck trial is going on. Uh, Ed Buck, for people that don't know, is a large and powerful Democratic donor that was found with not one, but two young black men overdosed on meth inside of his mansion. They overdosed on meth, but, and then sadly died of AIDS. Yes, the, yeah. and that is the argument. Sad, that, very sad, very sad story, um, because right after overdosing on meth, they died of AIDS. And yeah, that's it was just, very, very hard for them. It's yeah. like a one-two punch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, no, the meth and then the AIDS. Oh, yeah. God. But that's, you're, you're joking, but that, so his defense attorney is fucking Christopher Darden, the DA from the OJ case that famously got his ass handed to him by uh, uh, Johnny Cochran. And, you know, you can see the footage of him weeping after losing the OJ case. Uh, And now he's the guy that's defending Ed Buck, which seems, you know, I'm not I'm not a black person. I don't have any ability to comment on uh, the black experience. But uh, a guy that was already seemed largely hated by the community for going against a a popular figure 
He's <laughs> not doing himself any favors by defending Ed Buck. Well, lawyers uh, don't care. Yeah. I, that's, they're, they're nice, because lawyers just don't care. Lawyers just don't care. But that is, you know, the premise of the adversarial system is that Chris Darden is ethically obliged to say these two kids mm. that <laughs> it, is, it is ethically the best thing for him to do to argue that they died of AIDS, not meth overdoses. Or, yeah. like, their days were numbered, as Christopher Darden said. Uh, you know, these these kids weren't going to make it. They that's just a, happened. That's a great argument for a murderer. To, to yeah. like, Well, you know, I mean, their days were numbered, after all. And it's like, yeah. well, yeah, technically you have a point there, Mr. Murderer. Everyone dies, so you were just, mm-hmm. in fact, helping out the system. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's very clear to anybody uh, that followed the Ed Buck case that Ed Buck is... Uh, one of, like, it's, it's, it's Pizzagate. Pizzagate is real. Mm. Ed Buck was one of those guys. He's not doing r- satanic rituals. He's doing no, weird he's, okay, sex no, stuff. No, but the, yeah, the ritual, the part of Pizzagate where they, uh, solicit young, where they do, where they do underage sex trafficking, that part is absolutely true. Okay, uh, but Ed, I mean, also, Ed Buck's not, like, that high up. No, he's not that high up, but he's still, you know, in the same way that it's hilarious that you can find that old picture of John Wayne Gacy with Rosalind Carter. Mm -hmm. Now you can find this this fucking weird sex murderer. Yeah. (laughs) Allegedly. All of this is under the banner of allegedly. The court has not decided. Yeah, you can get sued in Canada for anything, but I'm going to get sued by Ed Buck. I hope hope when we get sued, they just sue you and not me. Does Mm. that mean... Uh, no, that's fine. It's fair. I deserve it more. Yeah. Uh, I'll just send all my lawsuit letters. I'll forward them to your address, which is, of course, if anyone doesn't know, you could tell us your address now, please. Uh, my address is 1414 Aswaggle Boulevard. Uh, <laughs> okay. Aswaggle. A-S-W-A-G-G-L-E. You got it. You got it. Um, okay, send send your packages. Send your send your letter bombs and anthrax packages there. I'm gonna glitter bomb you. I was thinking about glitter bombing the uh, the town council. <laughs> just trying to mu- just being like from your local anarchist. Here's a glitter bomb, and they're like, "Oh, we can't get anything done. There's glitter everywhere." What like, they don't know is that we've manufactured a strain of anthrax that looks exactly like glitter. Hey, no, we haven't. <laughs> allegedly, wait. Allegedly, allegedly, we've manufactured a strain of anthrax. <laughs> if we say allegedly, then we're safe, right? Yeah. If does we it say w- allegedly? Does it does it work that way too? It works. It yeah. It you just it's the safe word. It's the ultimate safe word. Right. Allegedly, I'm gonna do 9/11 again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Allegedly, I was Bill Cosby's drug dealer. You know. Uh yeah. He was just using Benadryl. I don't get he was, why yeah, he was, was in jail Benny's. for giving people Benadryl. Bennies and Sudies. You know. Was a... Yeah. If your headache, have a really bad headache, Janice Dickinson. <laughs> Take these Benadryls. <laughs> no, that's bad. That's bad. It's funny. It's okay because it's funny. It's out. He's out of jail now, so uh, I don't think he'll be doing anything. Though. Yeah. Well, the funniest thing that ever happened with Bill Cosby was when he went to jail, and then the second funniest thing was when he got out of jail. <laughs> it's funnier than all the stand-up. Right? Yeah, it's the funniest shit in the world. <laughs> why is it the funniest because shit they in the fucked world? up so bad? That's why. Uh, they fucked up this 
uh, I mean, the thing is, the case was... The case was... They, they just kept introducing evidence that was... Uh, sort of on the line of inadmissibility mm-hmm. because they kept introducing same fact evidence or I don't know what it's called in America. I think it's called like bad action evidence where um, so, so there had been an initial version of the trial where the jury came back deadlocked and then through a series of procedures that were kind of eh, the DA uh, was able to introduce a lot of uh, bad action evidence. Right. So. He got a bunch of other women that were allegedly assaulted by Cosby to testify. Yes, this guy does it. He does it all the time. Um, And that was enough to convict him. The problem with it is uh, the provision of that evidence apparently was done so improperly that it allowed on appeal uh, judges to say, yeah, we we have to throw this out. Uh, I mean, Cosby also had an army of lawyers gunning for him, you know, I'm sure. You, usually, uh, you know, the stuff doesn't go to appeal or it doesn't get amended because the client simply can't afford to do it. And in this case, he could. So, Well, it's, you know, just a reminder to the DA, you got to cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's. Mm-hmm. You can't, mm-hmm. you don't, because you know, of Cosby's eye thing, you don't want to, that's why. I don't know that much about it. But, you know, the case, even though it's clear to anybody, if you were to take an educated guess, yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely. Even in fact, well, we're um, all we are all sinners, guilty and deserving of prison. So, uh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I I think I I feel comfortable in saying I'm not a good person, but I'm a better person than Bill Cosby. Nope, we're all the same and amount of right, bad. You're right. We're all the same amount of bad. You can you can't Catholicism, judge, baby. Yeah, you can't yeah. judge either. Um, no one can judge. Only God can judge, and uh, mm-hmm. God's the judge. So. There's no judges except for God. Uh, here come the judge, as Pigmeat Markham would say. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to talk about freedom, uh, specifically sure. how Cuba needs freedom. Um, as, as Pitbull has said, that we need freedom and we need to wake up and give freedom to Cuba. <laughs> or, or don't, or whatever you want to do. I mean, his statement was very, he's an incoherent... Yeah, he's an incoherent Baldman. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Baldman. baldness doesn't have anything to do with how he talks, but I feel like he gets more sunlight directly into his brain through right. his bald head, so um, I think that affects it more. Uh, well, you can see in the pictures that Cuba lacks freedom. Um, you can definitely yeah. tell all the pictures that are going sure. around. There's lots a lack of pics. Of, yeah, lots of pics going around of Cuba. No freedom there. Uh, None. I don't think they can buy new cars from America. I don't think they can, uh, you know, there's no freedom in that way. There's, I don't think they can buy clothes from America. No freedom there. They, they don't have Paramount Plus in um, Cuba. Yeah. Can they even get Netflix? That, no, there's no. Cuban Netflix is terrible. It, 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 all it has is old House of Cards episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it has. House of Cards yeah. is all they get. Yeah. Oh, man, that uh, would suck. They they just get all the pedophile series, you know. It's it's uh, it's only Kevin Spacey. Oh, I guess there, oh there there are some other Netflix series not with pedophiles but with rapists, uh, like uh, The Ranch with Danny Masterson, Ooh, who is a rapist. Yeah. Well, should we wait? Do we need to say allegedly on that one? Did was he convicted? I don't know. I'm not keeping. I up. don't know. Let say it just to be safe. Allegedly, allegedly. a rapist. Allegedly, uh, Danny Masterson seems seems pretty credible though. Uh, sure, he's a Scientologist. So, uh, Scientology. 
Are you free in Scientology? Some Scientologists are free. Maybe we should bring Scientology to Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wasn't that wasn't that Elron's original plan just to you know use his boat and spread Scientology around the Caribbean? <laughs> Maybe I'm making that up, but I like the idea of him, you know, using Sea Org and becoming like a real Jimmy Buffett type character, and you know, becoming like a real. Or like uh, or a beach bum type of character. And L. Ron Hubbard's just going down to Barbados and says, You know what, man? I live how I want. I live free of Xenu. Your Thetans. Your Thetans are attaching themselves to you. And you know what? They're not doing any, any good. You know, he travels to Haiti and assassinates the prime minister. And assassinates the president of Haiti. And you know, look, we're, it's, it's Scientology now, you know? Got no body Thetans now that we've assassinated the president. I feel good. I feel good. Your Elrond Hubbard sounds like too. Matthew McConaughey. It is Matthew McConaughey from the Beach Bum, but that's who I would cast as my Elron Hubbard. Yeah, if I'm doing my Elron Hubbard Beach Bum movie. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I would probably want uh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is Elron Hubbard. Maybe not as Elron, but as, maybe as David Miscavige. That would be oh ooh ooh yeah. I I you know who I always thought would be a good David Miscavige is Ben Stiller. Yeah he yeah he would Ben Stiller would just be, angry short guy energy. They should do a David Miscavige movie. It's too dangerous still you know because you'll yeah you'll you be, can't you'll be captured. Tom Cruise will fucking capture you. Tom Cruise will like do it do a whole like commando style raid on your house in L.A. Yeah. and capture you if you try to direct a. Scientology movie. Uh, did anyone get... Did PTA... Did old PTA there get sued over the master? Did they try and get at him for the master? Or was it cloaked enough? I don't know. But I would... I honestly don't know. But I could see them trying to, like, harass him. They do, They often, like, just do harassment campaigns and, like, stand outside your house and hold up signs and be creepy to you. Well, you know, it's a religion! And, you know, people talk about Islamophobia, but they never talk about Scientologophobia, you know. <laughs> Scientologophobia. All these, all these Scientologists, uh, you've heard about the Uyghur genocide. You haven't heard about the, 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 Cien, the cruiser genocide, all the, all the cruise Scientologists up in the desert of China, uh, you know, just worshiping their, their lost god. It's weird how the Scientology used to be like... One of the main things people talked about online, like yeah, and Tom Cruise like jumping up on Oprah's chair was like the first time YouTube was like the first majorly shared video on YouTube or whatever. And yeah, it, it's funny how how you can just sort of continue existing even though you've been quote unquote canceled. Yeah, well, people eventually stop caring or something bigger comes along or they realize that uh, Scientology is ultimately small potatoes. But, you know, I, I tie that to the fact that, that that also coincided with new atheism. And I think what Scientology represented for a lot of like early 4chan and like new atheist and Dawkins people and Hitchens people was that, OK, this is a new religion. We have a chance to nip this new religion in the bud before it becomes unwieldy and out of control. And because Scientology was so small and so ridiculous, it seemed like it was an easily surmountable task for all of these 4chan Guy Fox masks people, or like even South Park, or like all of those HBO movies that came out around that time 
uh, or even, you know, Leah Remini, you know, getting more cultural purchase and going on Rogan to talk about Scientology. All of these eventually uh, fell toward the wayside uh, because it's just not as much of a problem as, say, uh, the financial crisis or... Oh, right, uh, the financial crisis. That's probably... Actually, that's probably what killed it, yeah, actually, the interest in Scientology is everyone is poor now, so we can't complain about this ridiculous religion. Yeah, that is, that's what it was. After, and then... Right after the financial crisis, uh, different social media platforms were taken off more than just Facebook. and Yeah, well, because the, fi- the financial crisis precipitated the Tea Party, which became that, that eventually. Uh, so you see two threads from the Obama years. It's, it's funny because I'm watching like Key and Peele right now. Because uh, I like Key and Peele. It's a very funny sketch show. A lot of the sketches miss, though, because it's at the height of the Obama years, especially like Luther Anger Translator is basically it's just an Obama propaganda sketch mm-hmm. that the gag is that Obama is the best president ever. Always. You know, Obama's yeah. like a really cool guy. That's always the gag. There's never like uh, uh, it's always Luther is always justified. Like I saw one the other day where Luther is trying to justify the NSA spying. And it's weird. It's Key and Peele, the nicest guys in Hollywood, and, you know, Jordan Peele, who eventually goes on to direct Get Out and Us, two very uh, movies uh, renowned for their social awareness, uh, justifying fucking NSA spying. And also a previous sketch, which justifies, uh, which says that Obama... There's this weird sketch where Obama is like... um, he, he takes on Republican talking points because the gag is a bunch of Republicans in the room does whatever, uh, do the opposite of whatever he says. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying, okay, we should be very harsh towards immigrants and deport them right away. And the Republicans are like, Every, um, everyone deserves a right to be in America. But the, but the gag is Obama actually was very harsh to immigrants and deported them. Mm. They were doing a lot of Obama laundering on that episode. So that's like one thread of it where, especially like in the early Obama years, you move into this incredibly uh, confident, centrist, liberal, post-racial America, black Superman time you know to the degree that obama in dc comics was even featured as a version of black superman uh and you sort of see this in 30 rock like a question is like why did tina fey think it was okay to do blackface in 30 rock Mm. and the answer is obama got in power for like there was this high of like three years of like we're in post-racial america it's okay we can do this now because they're president now (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um by the end of 30 Rock's run, though, you start to see more awareness of that. Like, there's an, even an episode where Tracy realizes that Obama's election has made people more racist. And you saw that with the reaction to Obama with the, with the Tea Party, which eventually fomented into the alt-right. Uh, it shifted and changed and became something that originated online as, like, tea cots and stuff, uh, eventually reached its... Uh, apotheosis with the ultimate online right movement, which was the alt right, um, and so those are the threads that you have uh, with Obama: is this incredible overconfidence, uh, <laughs> and then uh, a reaction to that overconfidence, which makes everything much much worse. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm not deal. saying that was entirely. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's not anybody's fault, you know. It's just that's how the cookie crumbled, you know. That's stimulus and response, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not saying like Obama intentionally like set out to create a reactionary movement against him that would bring us. I don't actually no. I don't know if it it brings us to a worse place than the Bush era actually. Uh. Like, the thing about, like, evaluating, like, the post-Trump era, do you really feel like America is worse off or more distrustful of their government than they were before the Trump era? Yeah, I do. I think it's a lot worse now. (laughs) Okay. I'm not as—why do you think it's a lot worse? Because everybody is crazy now. Everybody went crazy. Um, Mm. Everyone—and everyone thinks the government is lying and hates the government— yeah. Uh, and accuses like both sides, both even like sides are accusing the government of doing all kinds of shit that I don't think is happening. Yeah. From the like, you know, the right is saying the government is responsible for fomenting or, or creating Black Lives Matter protests. And the left yeah. is saying the government is creating Cuba protests. And then the left is saying that the Democrats stole the election from Bernie Sanders, and the right is saying they stole it from Donald Trump. And the centers are saying... uh, The centers are saying just, like, chaotically extreme things from both sides. Centers are saying Russia, Russia's... It's all about Russia with the centers. Yeah, the centers centers are like, we have to nuke Russia. Yeah, the centers (laughs) have taken on the, the most hawkish position, which is bizarre, actually. They've taken on... Uh, yeah, when you talk to your average centrist liberal, it's weird how much more hawkish they are than because like, okay, it's that weird thing with that Ben Garrison cartoon when Donald Rumsfeld died, where it was like Donald Rumsfeld's going to hell, and you people are like, damn Ben Garrison, but it turns out because that's the main thing that Trump ran on. He was an anti-interventionist Republican. He obviously didn't practice it, but this thread of Republicanism is isolationist. Uh, in a way that it hasn't been since the neocons. That's, in fact, that's the only meaningful difference it has from the neocons. It's is that it's at least performatively uh, anti-interventionist and isolationist. So it's weird that we've shifted to this position where now the extreme right is less hawkish, at least on its face, than the center. Um, and you are seeing a lot of calls for like uh centrist people to mobilize american troops into cuba which is crazy yeah that will that be good times you know like i was wondering today i don't know the answer to this question but in order to do an embargo does that mean we still have like ships around cuba all the time blocking stuff uh no it just means that you can get fined a huge amount of money if you trade and trade with cuba it's uh I, I think there are American, there are always like Coast Guard and American patrol ships. It's pretty easy to patrol Cuba yeah, from America. It's right there. Yeah, it's right there. You it's just right, go off the coast of T West. Like it is very down. close to Florida. Yeah. I mean, you can ostensibly swim. You can, Elion Gonzalez, rode in an inner tube yeah. or whatever the story was. Yeah. What's he doing right now? Where's Elion at? That's funny. I don't know. We should get him on uh, the show. Get Elion Gonzalez. What's he up to now? What's his take on Cuba? Uh, he Is probably, he a gusano? He probably wants freedom. Yeah, he's a gusano. That Elion, they should call him Elion gusano Um. Yeah, well, we do need to give them freedom. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering, I, I think uh, that new president they have, he seems pretty good. Yeah, he seems all right. He's, okay. not a, he's not a Castro, so you can't really accuse the Castro family of being this 
hegemonic force anymore because they're just not like no, they step down yeah. and pretty bloodlessly and, and he uh, seems pretty moderate too which is funny he's mm-hmm. like probably he's gonna like do moderate reforms yeah the the thing is with cuba is it's like especially considering the conditions it's under is sort of an aggressively normal country <laughs> like yeah doing this, is, this whole thing is fine like what what's happening yeah. is like okay there's some protests that are happening because it's it's they want to make the government have some moderate reforms and then as yeah. a as a side effect of that it's good for floor republicans in florida because they can be like we're anti-cuba and then they can win their elections in florida so it's yeah, a win-win yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, the the idea that these protests represent oh, Cuban communism has failed. No, not nope. at all. No, that's they're going to be fine. All. I mean, they're, 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 we shouldn't do an embargo on them, obviously, because that's stupid. Yeah. And it's evil. Uh, well, good and evil. Who you know? We're yeah, all we're I all evil. We're yeah, all we're all. No. We all should go to I prison. I am good. No, nope. I am a good man. <laughs> Everyone belongs in jail except for me. I am the best man, <laughs> and I—that's why I will become president because nope. I am the best man. You, I'm gonna put you in jail, and then I'm gonna be the best guy. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, no! That's—it's basically the Highlander. And that's how we should. Dis- the, that's how the president should be decided. Is a battle to the death. Yeah, the president should be the strongest warrior. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Because that's, that's all the president is, is like a figurehead anyway. The president shouldn't have any power. There should be no executive orders. They should just be the strongest guy or the hottest lady. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it should be both, and they should have uh, equal equal power. Um, You're but, right. Uh, taking power away from the executive branch, is oh, that's a great thing to try to do. We should definitely take away um, power from the executive branch. I think actually removing monarchs turned out to be a bad idea. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, someone is a reactionary. No, well, okay. Um, but um, so what is a leader? Uh, this is my dark enlightenment philosophy. Mm-hmm. But if there was like a way that we could have a monarch that wasn't like exorbitantly rich and just like made like 70K a year and had like an okay house, but they were the, they were the king. <laughs> but like I think that would be as soon as they're king, they're gonna improve. They're, they're gonna make a castle. No, they'll have no. They'll have no orders to do anything. Like they'll just be. Ki- they'll just be the figurehead. You know? Oh, okay. So this is like the like a figurehead king. Yeah, okay. I, but we need that figurehead in society because people um, can't conceive of nations or states as abstract entities they need a face they need some sort of avatar mm-hmm. and that's what the president is to most people is that he's just the avatar of the state he's not really somebody that's supposed to have power or like do anything he's just supposed to be a representative of that era you know because you can say the obama you say oh obama and blame everything on obama but it's of course it's not obama's fault it's uh, the system that's around him. Yeah, well, um, I mean, England has what we're describing, and it doesn't seem like it's so great over there. Yeah, but Sweden... <laughs> Sweden, Sweden is not also. doing that great yeah, either. Not, yeah, n- neither, none of them are that good. Sweden is... Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just bullshit. Obviously, we don't need, we don't need monarchs, but I think um, we need to... We need something that's more... Uh, we, a figurehead that we understand is more symbolic uh, than having actual power. How about the richest guy? <laughs> well, kind of. That's already <laughs> yeah. how it kind of works. Yeah. 
<coughs> Speaking of the richest guys, uh, Bezos and Branson are going into space. Um, yeah, I'm not following that story. I know everyone online loves this story. They, they find it so symbolic of the times. It's very symbolic. They're like, oh, the to- look at the times we're living in. Wow. The world yeah. is burning and Be- Bezos is in space. Look at, look at the times. And it's- well, it's not the, it's not the space travel that's, you know, cause even I'm one of those people that says, y- y- sometimes you'll hear people make the argument is like, we should solve the problems on earth first mm-hmm. before we go into space. Like, bitch, you never like you never like saw the moon landing and wept, you know. You're not like inspired by that wow. shit. Wow, wow, nerd. Jeez. Yeah, I no, but I think I find space exploration to be an imperative, a, a cultural imperative, mm-hmm. which is you know why I think Elon Musk is so popular, is because what space exploration truly represents is the way of the future. Yeah, that's and not hip society, That's not hip to the vibe of the communists now. It's all about we're all about fixing the material conditions on earth yeah but you know we should do both we should fix we should do both there should be we should not ignore uh we we need to uh both fix our material conditions on earth and also give something uh to people to look forward to which is you know we are an exploring people whatever else we do is we just find stuff that no other human has discovered before, and we put a flag on it. Yeah, and then we and then we make uh, weird sex laws. And we make sex laws on it. Um, but yeah, that's that's the name of the game. It's, it, we are we are an evolving creature. We have been cursed with sentience to understand that we are an evolving creature, and as a result, we have a moral imperative to evolve. And the only way that we can do that is to go into fucking space, and, and then so, make sex laws there. Like yes, and make o- and make sex laws. Like it's o- it's okay to do certain things up there that are illegal in, on yeah. Earth. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> uh, that's what his eventual plan for Scientology was. Sea Org was going to become Space Org, and he was going to have a spaceship with only young boys on it. Yeah. Uh, Peter Thiel is the same. He's going to do space steading, and ha- of course have like a space stead with only young boys on it. Yeah, that's what they. Uh, that's their real goal. Actually, well, their real goal is probably to set up a space bank and then be like, you can't, you don't have to pay taxes on money that's in space. And yeah. then, boom. <laughs> As we learned from ancient Greece and Rome, the desire to uh, bed young boys was a driving force of empire. So maybe maybe that's what the Prostasio organization should be focusing on. Oh, is that uh, what's-his-face's weird thing? That's the pro-pedophile organization? Or they're not pro-pedophile. Okay. So it's it's a really it's a very eyebrow raising organization. It talked about Noah Berlatsky on the show before, who's a journalist that covers trans issues. And he's mostly good on that. But he also has this he, he's like one of these like very extremely like sex positive and, you know, questioning ideas about, you know, sex constantly. And so he's tangentially associated with this organization called by tangentially i mean he's written articles for them mm-hmm. called prostasia and prostasia is an organization which seeks to get uh, uh child abusers into the conversation about child abuse you know because their argument is that look we need to understand this taboo subject and you know we can't be afraid to you know interview these people and get their important perspective on it which sounds reasonable but 
you know, uh, uh, that's also the reasons behind the Kentler projects, as we talked, Helmut Kentler in Germany, mm-hmm. you know, yep. the pedophile who was like, oh, we should have foster children adopted by child abusers because yeah. they know, you know, they know how to take care of children. Yeah, I mean, the well. reaction should basically be like when you see a cockroach, you uh, yeah. hit it with a boot. That's yeah. uh, how you should react. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, I'm not saying like no quarter for self-admitted pedophiles but also you know another member of the organization is this guy that makes um adolescent real dolls which is very very disconcerting uh like sex dolls that look like children and the idea is that you know it's supposed to be some sort of methadone for pedophiles i guess oh right okay medically assisted treatment uh, for your addiction to being a freak yeah, here's your medically assisted child sex doll. Uh, yeah, you gotta, gotta, you gotta get the Punisher to yeah. uh, fill them with holes. But the thing, is, the thing is, I don't doubt the premise. I don't doubt that there's a lot of people that are pedophiles that don't act on their instincts, and it's probably hard for them. But if you know you're a good person, you'll understand, right? You'll understand why it's bad for you. <laughs> like I'm sure there are lots of people out there that are like that. Uh, we don't need an organization for them. We straight up don't. Well, <laughs> it's who knows. There's I, an organization. I'm gonna weigh in on that. There's I an organization. Think it's sort of creepy. Every every group's got an organization these days. Beat farmers, you know, from beat farmers to uh, to beekeepers. Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> a, the wide wide world out there. There's a prairie home <laughs> companion now from beet farmers to beekeepers to. Your average pedophile, everyone's got an organization nowadays, but you know who's not organized? The Anglican Church. Uh, yeah, the Ang- Anglican Church is in, well, they're not in as, in as much disarray as the Catholic Church after yeah. this week's announcement that there will uh, be no more Latin Mass. Ay, papi, no more Latin Mass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that was well, now they have to have Latinx Mass. Latinx Max Mass. Oh, oh. Mass. Latinx oh, oh. So they've been captured by the woke gorillas. They've been captured by the, the gender police. Yeah. The gender police are going to send them to England. They have to have gender neutral Mass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be. That would. Uh, Cause a bit of a stir in Orthodox communities. Um, are yeah. there, what, what are the churches? Because they in Orthodox Judaism they separate by gender. They do it in Islam as well. You mean in the inside the church, like men yeah. on one side, women inside, on the other yeah, side? Yeah. I don't know what churches do that. Uh, I guess Orthodox might do that, like uh, Greek Orthodox. Mm, those those guys. Those those guys in their hats. Yeah, the land of Byzantium is a very strange uh, concept. It's a very strange empire. We never are, like. I feel like Western culture doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's not because they're like whites, but they're not. You know, it's like it's it's like uh, the uncanny valley. It's too familiar. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's almost vi- like it's close enough to us, but there's just something off about it. It's a, it's the bizarro version. Um, it's so weird. It's like there's this huge empire that lasted yeah. for a long time, and we don't talk about it. No, <laughs> and it informs you know all of this culture in the Eastern Bloc that we similarly just have no idea about. It's like when you're looking in the mirror on acid, and you're like, "That's not me." Yeah, that's not me. <laughs> Right, but it is you. You're just some. Um, it's all the same rituals. They're just in Cyrillic and not in not in 
your Arabic speed, your Arabic alphabet, your, yeah. whatever it's called. What is what is the English alphabet called? What is that alphabet called? Not Cyrillic. It's the Latin alphabet. It's the Latin alphabet. St- see, we're forget Latin mass. Yeah, come on, Pope We got to bring back Latin mass, dude. People were saying horrible, like tra- like traditional Catholics online were saying horrible things about the Pope. They're like, <laughs> the Pope is going to hell for doing this. Not for that, but uh, some of the other things. Uh, this Pope's been nice. But yeah, out of yeah, you know what. I'll, I'll cut Francis some slack. I don't expect him to be... I don't expect him to love the gays. I don't expect him to, you know, be pro-abortion or anything like that. But, uh, but you know, I and uh, he's definitely evinced a more gentler image somehow. I think it's just because he has kind eyes. You know, yeah. that's all well, it takes. He's the first American pope. He is the first American pope. The only... The first American... He is. Like so, it's just like that because uh, he's from South series. America, right? <laughs> he's a proud young American. Yeah, he's an American. He's one of us. Yeah. Ain't that America? You're an American. Yeah. I am an American. Yeah, we're all um, Americans over on we this. Are all Americans. We're all part of the same continent, North South America. Yeah, we should. We need to team up so that we can defeat Britannia in yeah. the upcoming yeah. country war. That would be the, the funniest team up. Oh, yeah. man. North and South America versus the rest of the world. Honestly? <laughs> North and South America? Our, our cultures? I'll take them against anybody. <laughs> Hell, yeah. We're going to win. We're going to yeah. beat the EU-China consortium. Yeah, exactly. America, Team America. Mm-hmm. The actual Team America. Uh, uh, yeah. Actually, you know, I think... I mean, that is the weird thing. Through horror, through the horror of the American practice and through the Atlantic slave trade, we ended up with more pluralistic societies than that of any other nation on Earth. Um, And I would argue it's better, actually. Well, we also had, at times, fairly liberal immigration policies. Yeah, I mean, there's more than just that. But, you know, a lot of the reason why America and Canada and South America looks like they do is because of horror and exploitation, you know, which. Well, yeah, but uh, we, I mean, the, the diversity also comes from open, keeping letting people come in in the 1800s and the 1900s. Oh, well, yeah, I'm not saying, but also the horror. <laughs> OK, the horror. Also the horror. Um, also, the, but um, um, amidst that. It ended up creating something that I think was, um, I think has a better base than a lot of European culture. Because, you know, you can talk about how, like, a lot of European culture is um, uh, progressive in terms of uh, more socialist policies. They you let know, the old people the kill themselves. Yes, they do that. They do that. That's fun. Um, but... Um, uh, you meet any you meet any average French person and they're way more racist than any American person you've ever met. You meet you meet like a left wing friend. You meet like yeah. a left communist person and you know they're and uh, they're also like, yes we do not like the black people. We do not see a place for them in communism. You know. <laughs> also, French people don't wipe their asses and they wear speedos. Yes, and so I think there is something to be said about the pluralism of the Americas as a more ideal form to base a society around the the idea that you have many people coming together in one place i think um creates a more interesting society 
uh, in my opinion. I would rather live in the Americas than Europe. Having, having been to many places in Europe, America all the way, baby. I'd rather live in... I'd, la I'd rather live in North or South America than either uh, than Europe or I haven't been to Asia. Maybe I'll change my mind if I go to Asia. Let's uh, let's. Uh, but yeah, fuck Europe is what I'm saying. Yeah, let's. I want to go to Montevideo. In in Uruguay. Yep, that's where I want to go. Seems like a nice place. It's a, it seems like a very nice place. Uh, Uruguay is cool. They had a they had a socialist, uh, very popular socialist leader for a really long time, and he dressed like a slob, and he like drove a beater car and. I forget what his name was. Cool. What was his name? I don't know. Sounds like me in college. Uh, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Just like a slob. like that guy. Drove a shitty car. Uh, Uruguay socialist president I'm just looking up. Right. Uh, Jose Alberto Mujica Cordano. Oh, oh, he's still the president? Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's how they do it, man. President oh, for yeah. life. Hey, here we go. Jose Mujica. He was, uh, he's, he's like, he's like a badass, he, uh, he's a, he looks badass too. He's just, everything about him is pretty cool. Good Jose for him. Uh, he has been described as, quote, the world's humblest head of state due to his austere lifestyle and his donation of around 90% of his $12,000 monthly, monthly salary to charities that benefit poor people and small entrepreneurs. Wow. Um, and he is still president, and he's still very popular. And how how long has he been president for? He has been president for uh, uh, oh no he he on March 2015 his term as president came to an end. Oh, oh uh, okay. According to BBC correspondent Wire Davies, Mujica left office with a relatively healthy economy and with social stability those bigger neighbors could only dream of. Well, you, uh, you made it seem like he had been president. For, that's why I laughed so hard. But I'm looking now. He's president from 2010 to 2015. Yeah, very sensible now. Yeah, okay. very sensible well, length great. of time. I thought I, it was yeah. more like 1980 to present. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, Jose Mujica, no. generally beloved head of state. I'm sure there are criticisms of him that I can't. Wow. That I don't understand because I don't know the politics of Uruguay that well. All I know is this guy, in in the political sphere, we're all world leaders or all leaders of any country well, are expected you, to be a bit of a bastard. If you, know? you this guy seems like less of a bastard. If you analyze him according to the the weird like racial and ancestral uh, filters that you have to to be uh, qualified on the left, uh, he is of Spanish Basque ancestry and Italian ancestry. So he is a colonizer and therefore colonizer. bad. Well, you know, uh, uh, you, you're talking a lot of smack about, about these left guys. Yeah. Is it a, well, cause also, I mean, the problem with that, the, the threat of that is that, you know, uh, Fidel Castro by that measure was also a colonizer. Yeah. So that's all, that's an, a big, that's often cited as a reason to criticize him. It's what's funny is I'm seeing that from centrists who are defending Cuba saying, you know, you need to listen to black Cubans because Fidel Castro was a white Cuban and he created a communism for white Cubans, which is that's not that's not entirely yeah. true. He made a racist communism. Yeah, it's so he true. Made, it's it so him. true. So yeah. true. So what was it like for black people under Batista? What was what was that? I don't what know. Was that like that's, they don't that's too far that in the question. past. That's too yeah. far. That's too long ago. That's in the long, long ago. We don't remember. <laughs> um, as a Jew, I can firmly say I like Batista because I think Cuba was better when it was run by Jewish mobsters. Yeah, gambling uh, is great. 
It could have been Israel. It would have been sideways Israel. But you fucked it up. That would have been funny. I mean, um, I'm just, I'm looking at uh, Uruguay here still. It's really a great place. Uh, Why are you hyping up your, what's got you on the Uruguay? Because it's so like far? the coolest country in South America, in my opinion. And cooler than Peru? Uh, yeah, it's cooler. It's cooler than Cooler Peru. than Bolivia? Yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I know, you don't have to go, I know, it's cooler. Cooler than Chile? Uh, yeah, I think so. They kill I mean, people in stadiums in Chile. I've never That's been. Cool. I've never been to any country in South America, but the first one I'm going to is Uruguay. You are gay. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. <laughs> what? That's, that's from The Simpsons. That's How did you gay. think of that? That's uh, the old Homer going. You are gay. <laughs> that's funny. Southern Hemisphere is cool. I'd like to live in the Southern Hemisphere. Not a lot of stuff there. Less land there. People in the South, they tend to get the short end of the stick. Not Australians, though. They're doing all right. Well, the reason I want to go to Uruguay is because it's rich. Is it rich? Is it it's like, does it have oil money? It's rich comparatively. Yeah. It's ranked first in Latin America for democracy, peace, low perception it's... of corruption, and e-government. Yeah, it's really, it's a very stable country. It's got e-government. Which is government? Yeah, e-government is um, electronic government, mm. which means on on the computer. Um, yeah, and it's first in South America when it comes to press <laughs> freedom, size of the middle class, prosperity. It's we're, the, we're a Uruguay podcast. It's we're the lowest ranking South American podcast. nation in the global terrorism index. We're they're definitely doing better than Brazil. Uh, our old boy Bolsonaro uh, had too much poop in him, and he started getting the hiccups. Uh, <laughs> and I he had to have his poop extracted this through a just, tube in his nose. This tracks with my general theory that smaller countries are easier to to run than larger countries. Because yeah, people lament balkanization, but maybe, maybe balkanization. You know. Well, there was that guy Julius Krein, who's like a fascist kind of. He's uh, <laughs> he was writing a, what a name. He would. The, he got an opinion piece in the New York Times, and he wants Whoa. to set up like regional governments um, that are in between federal and state, and it's like regional governments to do industrial policy. So he wants mm. to have like a a Midwest regional government, a Southwest regional government, a Northeast regional government, a Northwest regional government, and they cooperate in order to like bring industry back and mm. have that. And it's just like. That's the dumbest. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I, America, a country which is known for uh, its governmental inefficiency because of the constant conflicts at state and federal level. What will solve this is a third, yeah. a third bureaucracy. More government. Yeah. Um, and I'm and, not a, a conservative in any way, but that is that is not the more government that. Well, we he's need. kind of so China kind of does this. Um, and the, okay. so they're taking the idea from China because China basically does this. Uh, yeah, but they have a culture that is generally more compliant with this type of bureaucratic organization than America, where uh, it's administrative. I mean, I'm sure China has the same sort of petty stuff, but, you know, you know how in every movie you see the FBI and the local law enforcement at each other's throats. But that's how it's like with every administrative bureau, every like state and federal health bureau is at odds, you know, every every uh, safety bureau is at odds, you know, everyone's competing because administrative jobs are seen as uh, 
are still viewed under the lens of capitalism, where you're constantly competing. You know, it's this it's this very corrupt um, philosophy and ethics of administration, which is uh, pervasive in capitalist society, which is why I don't think adding more. I think Republicans are largely right when they say more bureaucracy in this society is sort of antithetical. You need to have like a different cultural ethos in order for this to work. You know, we were talking about Japan, but Japan is the type of thing where this this thing would work. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, what what could end up happening with the regional governments is that all that they end up doing is deregulating and taking things like taking laws out so that industries can pollute more or do more shady shit. Yeah. Um, the uh, alternative could actually, I mean, the alternative is what he's suggesting is not deregulating. It is like somehow banding to like some states together to decrease to make it so that they're not competing with each other and then they can attract industries like entire industries to the area in general but and then they benefit just that way split them up into countries just have california be its own country mm. just have new england be its own country just have uh new york and new jersey be its own country just have the great lakes region be well, its own country can't do that i mean balkanization if you do pro that, pro then forced balkanization. Then how do you? So how are you going to handle like the currency issue with that? Like, because uh, you, everyone just uses. It's fine. You just use all the same dollar, and it's all worth the same. So there's amount. still a federal a federal reserve. Uh no, they just uh they just uh one uh one bank uh let's give it to uh there there will be an arbitrary debtor nation composed of Delaware and D.C. that will run the bank. And they will distribute the currency in the same way that they float uh, American currency down to Latin countries. There will be there will be the bank country, like so, an American version of Switzerland. So that but means, all the other countries. So we're going to have a, the world's going to be ruled by Delaware, and then eventually it in, already is, baby. And already in, is, baby. <laughs> in a hundred years, there's going to be like a <laughs> like a, a Delawarean Holocaust because everyone's pissed that everyone from Delaware owns the banks. <laughs> yeah, and the the spirit of Joe Biden cries, you know. Yeah, we're gonna uh, let's make let's let all the people from Delaware run the banks. Um, I don't think, <laughs> I don't know this the idea of regional governments in between state and federal um, is interesting. There's the concept of like interdependence with like cities doing that in states, like so cities banding together to form some kind of organization. Yeah, but it's, that just sounds like a municipal like uh, a commuter shed or like a a, a metropolitan area. You mm -hmm. just expand what a metropolitan area is. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna fix what ails us. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't. I really don't think that there's too many prohibitive things because of the way our federal system is set up to make industry not uh not not flourish you know like yeah. industry is not flourishing because of federal allowance of uh exporting jobs to other countries and allowing companies to headquarter themselves in other countries and uh all sorts of tax loopholes we, if we change some of that we don't have to add a whole separate government inside to try to attract more companies in so it's a to <coughs> me it sounds like a recipe for like really marrying corporation and state yeah. in a new government 
that no. has no basis in the Constitution and could easily be wielded in a very fascistic way. So someone needs to squash that little twerp, Julius Krein. Julius Krein! Yeah. It is me, Julius Krein, and I have mutated, and I have the face of a piranha, and well, what we need is a corporate bureau he with runs its a- own trials and laws, a court of the chancery, led by me, Mr. Krein. Yeah, he's very villainous. Do you know him? I mean, I think, he, I think the magazine he runs is called American Affairs. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's American Affairs. He publishes a, a lot of where people report like on their penthouse forum like escapades with uh, extramarital affairs. It's mostly like post left guys and and yeah. far right guys. But Amber from Chapo wrote for it, and then everyone oh, got yeah. mad at her. Well, yeah, she's but she flirts with that. Who cares? That's her, been her bit forever. Like if you're mad at her for that, you know why? Why listen to her? I think he's called a communitarian. Okay. I've heard that before. That's like mm-hmm. sort of communist, but not. Um, yeah, which is generally bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that you were saying I, I'm too harsh on the lefties, but I'm. I'm You're I'm, not harsh. I'm on harsh well, on the righties, too. You're harsh on everybody's stupid. Yeah, everybody. My political philosophy, like as I stated, is everyone belongs in jail but me. Yeah. And then I can (laughs) then I can enact my utopia, which is a lot of computers connected to each other, and I'm running around and I'm checking to make sure that each computer is connected to another computer, and the messages are going from one to another, and everyone's in jail except for me. And then after that, I'll kill myself, and then that's uh, utopia. I've set up there. You go. A perfect network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get all your cables running to and fro, yeah. all hooked up and bunched together in organized fashion. So many gigabits. Oh my god. So many gigabits. So many gigaflops. So many gigaflops. Gigaflop. Yeah. Uh so many so many kilodecks. So many so many Google bytes. So many fagabytes. I'm looking Uh, at the communitarianism Wikipedia, and it says that the guy that started it was uh, originally a member of the British Chartist movement. Oh, Chartists. Uh, They love charting. Yeah, they would chart all over the place. Yeah, well, that's because they like charters. Yeah. Not Uh, charts, but they were charters. So it should be called charterism, but it's... it's, Charterism. Instead, it's chartism. 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 I charted. Yeah, they were. They, I, oh, I charted in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Have a perfect graph in you. Shit, a perfect graph in your pants. Yeah. Um, uh, so the, the the communitarianism. Let's see. It emphasizes the connection between the individual and the community. Uh, okay. So I, I guess they're real into that. Like, sounds more like a broad philosophy than it does like an economic system. The town square. Everybody goes to the town square. Yeah, well, okay, that's also, that's something that I think, um, I think sort of is changing in society and maybe for the better, is the idea that we delegate our politics. Um, The idea that politics shouldn't be participatory for the most of the population, except for the bare minimum of voting for your representative. I think that's changing a lot. 
I think people are seeing that, no, everybody has to be involved. You can't delegate your interests. Well, that's um, so that's what it says. Like they're saying uh, f- philosophical communitarianism <coughs> considers classical liberalism to be incoherent because of the fact that it can it think uh, classical liberalism construes communities as originating from voluntary acts of individuals instead yeah. of um, emphasizing the community and the role of the community and how it makes the individuals okay well i think i'd largely agree with that i guess i i think but that's the thing is like in order in order for government to work it's like fucking tinkerbell you know you have to believe you have to clap um, and so you need uh, something that is much harder to organize, which is giving people a real philosophical sense of community. And when we referred to earlier in Japan, that's just something that's in their culture. You know, uh, kids don't they don't have janitors at schools because kids clean up after themselves. And that's implied. You know, there's this it's really, really enforced in the culture to have like a great awareness of. Uh, the people around you and, you know, what you're doing and what your effect is on the people around you. That being said, the over-application of that has resulted in its own type of atomization in Japan. Yeah. So, well, obviously, it's communi- not a cure-all for everything. Communitarianism, it, it, it leads to things where you're like, okay, we're going to dismantle the welfare state, and then we're going to encourage black businesses to, uh, to, to do something for the community instead of giving people money for welfare. Yeah. That's basically what communitarianism leads to. It's like, it's, it leads to neoliberalism. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, well, because the thing is, communitarianism within a capitalist construct, just, it's, it just all leads to neoliberalism, because cap- neoliberalism is the endpoint of capitalism. It's the logical endpoint of capitalism. We must experience constant growth, and the way to do that is through constant intervention. And that is the, that, that that's, is the like a, that's like a recipe to, to screw things up, man. Yeah. Why, are they, so, why are they screwing everything up? Why, why are they screwing everything up, man? <laughs> why are they doing that you know uh, they could just not you know they could just not be screwing stuff up i want to see what happens if nobody does <coughs> anything for a whole year everyone puts everything on pause mm. and just just hook up your computers okay everyone just quit what you're doing and get some computers and hook them all up together and see <laughs> <laughs> trying to create your utopia just quit Messing with the the laws and the trials and the crimes, everybody quit. See if you can hook up your computers together, all of them. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> all of them. Hook all, them up together, all of them. All, you know? all, all, hook them all. All up. of them. Yep. Get your computer. Get your Toshiba's. Get your Dell's. Get your get your fancy Macs if you got them. If you got them, learn to do the cross the cross provisions for hooking up. You know, uh, uh, across platforms. Yeah, they hook got them, them all up. Multiplexers, uh, unmulti, yeah. demultiplexing. Uh, Got to get them all hooked up. Uh, dongles. Yeah. So many dongles. Multiple kinds of dongles are going to be needed. Yeah. Multiple dongles. Not just one. Not just one dongle. You're living many that, dongles. Yeah, you're living that dongle life now. Yeah, I, I bought a Mac recently, and now I'm a dongle man. You're dongle boy. I'm Brian Dongle Man. <laughs> uh, I'm King Dong. Uh, ding. Okay. <laughs> this is going nowhere. That's going this a good dongle place. riff is going nowhere. Dongle. I think that's a good riff. We, uh, I mean, dongle riffing has been done. 
Yeah, because it's a funny word. Sounds like penis just automatically. Oh, Barack Obama's like a communitarian. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. And he did so good. Yeah, he's um, good. He was very good. He was the best. No, I mean, the thing is, like, we need communitarianism, sure. I do believe that people do need a greater vested sense of interest in their government. I do think the average citizen should, including, you know, me, and I don't do it. You know, I, I, I talk pretty about it, but I'm not going to commit to it because well, do I'm you know your Who's your city council person? Uh, Kristen Wong Tam. Wow, you know. Yeah. I know mine. Well, she's, she's uh, famous for sucking. Uh, she's famous for she she gets uh, she's famous for uh, being a friend to because the 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 space in Toronto which she oversees is the gay village a lot of history in the gay village people like the gay village and a lot of heritage a lot of heritage buildings in the gay village and uh, she's seen as more uh, amenable to the interests of real estate developers than she is to the constituents of the the one place in Toronto that generates the most culture for Toronto. Not the one place in Toronto. It's like between the gay village and Weston mm-hmm. that probably. So um, so people Weston are like, and are like we want to rename the street Prolapse Square. And she's like, right. she's, no, she's, no I want to yeah. build an apartment building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's <laughs> she was against the whole Prolapse Square movement. But famously, there's this um, there's this club called Cruise and Tangos. It's the most prominent drag club in Toronto. And there was talk about uh, bulldozing it for one of them famous Toronto condos that they're always talking about. And there was okay. this huge backlash. The winner of Can- Drag Race Canada season one, Priyanka, was like, Kristen Wong Tam uh, said, congratulations, Priyanka. And Priyanka was like, um, not a look, sis. And like Priyanka, who is not a political person, was able to take a stance on this because it's like you're threatening our beloved drag drag clubs, you real estate lady. Mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, I was unable to exaggerate um, Toronto local politics. Yeah, it was Prolapse <laughs> Square. I mean, it's not called Cruise and Tang, but yeah. No, that is that is it. That is pretty. You, you hit on precisely... I mean, if we ever get, but we wouldn't name it Prolapse Square. We'd probably name it after uh, some famous Toronto gay person, like Drake. Whoa! Hey, he's, no, he's not. He's is, very well, straight. He might in be, fact, hey, you can't ever, you can't ever tell. Someone might still be in the closet, and 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 you don't want to say a mean thing. Drake isn't gay, but he has had his dick sucked by men. Um, oh. And enjoyed it allegedly. Uh, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> I could see him like suing us for that. Just like yeah. a, no, a small no time podcast called him gay, and he's like, "I gotta sue them." <laughs> I, I, Drake is doing fine. I don't think anybody doubts that Drake is a heterosexual. Uh, in fact, you know how earlier we were talking about pedophiles that mask their pedophilia. He's not doing. No, he's a role model. <laughs> Allegedly, he's a role model for everyone. He's, he's sliding into a lot of fourteen-year-old DMs. Oh, Allegedly. Uh, oh boy. He's too heterosexual. In fact, that's what happens when you're too heterosexual. Is you just loop loop around to pedophilia. Well. um... Let's see, I'm still looking at communitarians. Apparently the communitarians, they don't like John Rawls. John Rawls? Isn't that like the person that Liz Brunig is a huge fan of? I and think like Matt all the weird Brunig left... is the... Matt Brunig's profile picture is John Rawls. 
So there you go. Yeah, like left left caths and religious led like uh, left. Well, Matt Brunig is an atheist. They but. like John Rawls because he's trying to write like basically the cat like the dogmatic version of liberalism, like 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 the catechism of liberalism. <laughs> it's like this is completely logical and it, everything follows and it, everything makes sense except for the basic things that I'm founding everything on. Like you can't prove that. that. That is absolutely like the funniest thread of like religious thought is when they're trying to prove God rationally. Yeah, that is one of the funniest. And they all do it, too. They all like uh, Augustine is all about trying to prove the existence of God. And well, evil yeah, they don't all do it. I mean, some of the more fun Protestants like the like the Seventh Day Adventists, they don't deal with that shit. They don't need to. Yeah. Um, they're very yeah. based. The Seventh Day Adventists. Yeah. I love them. I love them. They church on Saturday. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, no holidays. Everything is a sin. Like, like the like like the Phelps family. Remember them? The God hates f words. Oh, they were Seventh Day Adventists. Um, they were close. They're not. There's something they they schismed off to be like basically their family is their own schism. Yeah, the um, most I'm, prominent Seventh Day Adventist I can think of is like the Kellogg family. You know, and they they ran a sanitarium and in your neck of the woods, in Michigan, in fact, oh, they were the a bunch Kellogg's? of Seventh Day Adventists. Wow. Yeah, the Kellogg's, and that's what because the other thing about the Seventh Day Adventists is they're all like health food Christians too, so they all believe like, uh, you know, your body is what God gave you, and you need to eat leafy greens in mm. order to, to maintain it, and so they're into a lot of, you know, supplements and health food, and uh, that also dovetails nicely into you know an obsession with. Big Pharma trying to poison them, and, you know, there's a lot of, um, I, which I'm sure also goes into QAnon as well. I'm sure there's a lot of Seventh-day Adventist QAnon overlap. So or I guess anti-vaxxer Seventh-day Adventists as well. Well, Westboro Baptist Church is Baptist, so that's they're Baptist. Fred, yeah, that yeah, they're not Seventh-day Adventists. They're Baps. Yeah. They're they're really West Bappin'. <laughs> I mean, they've been, it, they've had a crazy time. Like, they, someone bombed their house in 1995 yeah um and of course but they no did... one really no one's sympathetic towards yeah those well guys. no one no of... one likes a group that holds up thanks thank god for dead soldiers that was one of their songs. Pre- that's pretty based i got i gotta say they did it for the wrong reasons but soldier funerals yeah uh that's uh, i you know what I'm not. I'm not totally fucked the troops, as we've said on this show before. Very early on in, in the show, when we had like Lux and Griffin on, they were sort of explaining the proletarian nature of the army mm-hmm. and how like you can't indict a soldier on their moral decision to join the army in the same way that you can indict a cop for their moral decision to be a cop, because the army, for most people, is the only way that they can escape poverty. The only option that's in front of them to escape poverty. And it won't work out for a lot of them either, too, which is why it's such a cruel thing, Mm -hmm. which is why, you know, especially when you're talking about just like a low rank uh, guy, like you're talking about just your average private or corporal in the army. You shouldn't, as a leftist, if you're a good leftist, you shouldn't take that much opprobrium to them. Please do not. Officer class, fuck those guys. I don't know. I think you can uh, you can do whatever you want, really. You want to say bad yeah. things about uh, poor people? You should be able to. Sure, but well, that's the other thing I have. If any movement of leftism is serious, like if you're actually trying to, in a way that I think much more than say 
Glenn Greenwald does performatively by appearing on the Tucker Carlson show and says, I'm trying to get these these populist right wing people on my side, you know, which I, I think that's just all that's all the game. He's not going to get anybody on his side. But I do think um, you with, with a, like someone who's generally apolitical, if you get him in the army and you get like a, a strong contingent of the military into left wing ideas, um, you have a much greater base of power. Uh, than you would otherwise. And I think that should be leftist organizing within the military, if we're actually serious about creating any sort of movement, should be a priority. Yeah, that's scary to me. I don't think we should, I don't think that should happen. I don't want the leftists to get any militarized whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, that's... Um, <laughs> no, thank you. It worked out so great every time before. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's have a let's have a Spanish Look, Civil War here. Pol Pot was misunderstood. Let's um, do it. I don't Pol Pot. I don't support his killing peasants policy, but I do support his killing academics policy. Mm-hmm. Well, it, well, he didn't kill the academics. They just didn't know how to grow vegetables, and he didn't and, and he didn't give them any seeds and to grow vegetables, and so they just kind of starved to death. Honestly, that's kind of great. Can you imagine just putting somebody in, like, just getting Catherine Liu out of her <laughs> department and just put her in, putting her in a field and say, grow food? Yeah, you got to <laughs> grow your own food. I hope you can find some seeds. <laughs> Within two weeks, she's already a skeleton. Uh, somehow she has decomposed that Yeah, fast. well, that's, that's a fucked up way to do things. Um, yeah. But uh, maybe people should have to grow their own food instead of mm. going to the grocery store. That's what if the we, ultimate communitarianism? Yeah, we just take out. We, I mean, you say you're a leftist, but you shop at the grocery store. Well, that's another <laughs> thing um, that I commented on that I was thinking about recently is because um, yeah, people always mention when you're when uh, so it's the Matt Boris comic, right? right? Yeah. The old Matt Boris comic, right? Which uh, everybody knows it by now. We should improve society somewhat. Yet you live in society. Curious. I am very intelligent. And the message of that comic, which I, I largely agree with, I think it's a good comic, is that uh, just because you participate in society doesn't invalidate criticism you have about society. I think that's fine because, you know, you're largely forced to participate in society. You don't really get a choice of, you know, what's available to you. But... People have perverted the message of this comic to mean you don't have to take any personal responsibility or make any lifestyle change whatsoever uh, because your actions are always so insignificant and small that nothing you could do could ever drive any sort of significant political action. So it's not even worth doing, which is sort of defeatist and doomerism, you know. Well, I also agree that individual choice matters way less than uh, a corporation uh, being regulated by the government. Individual choice, if everybody does it, does matter. <laughs> you know, we can influence what Amazon does mm-hmm. if we stop buying off Amazon. You know, um, or if there is like a concerted effort or a dip in sales or like a boycott. We, because, you know, if we're BDS and we're serious about BDS, that's what BDS is premised on, that our individual choices can have an impact on the political action of something. So we need to carry that logic forward. We can't just be, you know, we can't just use the hopelessness of society and our the intractability of, uh, of the corporations around us to as an excuse for not modifying our behavior. I mean, if you're going to have an excuse, just be honest and say, no, I'm fucking lazy. <laughs> I don't want to... 
I, I don't want to not shop at Amazon because it's super fucking easy. That's the only valid excuse. Not, oh, the superstructure. Oh, the superstructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, you can easily, I mean, not easily not shop off of Amazon, but there's like, there's lots of stuff around you that you can, that you have access to. Um, then, or, you know, why do you need that thing off of Amazon? Do you really need it? Do you actually really need it? Or is it a luxury? Uh, and, you know, people, they don't want to confront that because, you know, you want to have your cake and eat it, too. You want your full space luxury communism. Yeah. Even that's though the that's good probably stuff. stupid. Um, yeah. I agree. Uh, I don't think we should improve society. I don't think you can. So, mm. you know, everything's <laughs> just getting worse. Uh, yeah. And if it wasn't, we wouldn't have a show. So Yes. That's, it's in that's our interest to try to try to make things worse so we can keep podcasting about it mm-hmm. what are we going to call it house house of ascent house of utopia maybe, <laughs> maybe like we we start getting around the 100 episode mark we start getting really optimistic and we're like uh house uh, house of incline house of incline yes <laughs> we're running up that hill we're not rolling down rapidly we're running it up we're using our effort we're kate bushing it you know we're making a contract with god Mm-hmm. I feel up that hill. I sent yeah. you this article about uh, panic. Did you read that? No, no. What's it about? Um, what's about is this guy Tanner Greer, who's a one of the few conservatives that is not crazy, who I mm-hmm. would recommend reading his stuff. And he talked about um, the concept of panic in terms yeah. of government response to like pandemic. And how the elite, so he talks about how the elites are really worried there's going to be a panic. And so they don't give correct information to the citizens because they're worried they're going to be swept away by panic. Yeah, Um, that's a frequently occurring uh, thing in government. He talked about, like, historically, um, after the invention of air raids and airplanes dropping bombs, people before um, the Second World War were really worried that a bombing campaign would send the populace into such a panic that they would overrun their government and the country would collapse within a matter of days, like if you were to yeah. do a massive bombing campaign. And the Second World War disproved this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about in his article that during times of disaster, society improves. People start mm-hmm. acting nice to one another and helping one another during disasters. Um And it's actually the opposite. And what happens is the elites panic because Mm. they see solidarity among the common people. Yeah. And so there's an elite (laughs) panic that happens. And um, what happened with the coronavirus is China didn't want to let anyone know about the coronavirus at first because they were worried everyone was going to panic. But if they had just been honest, then... And, and, you know, at the same thing, Trump knew with the Bob Woodward wrote that that book where Trump's yeah. talking to him being like, yeah, this is this is 10 times worse than the flu. But I don't want to say that because everyone will freak out. So mm-hmm. um, this is all a roundabout way of saying, like, na- if natural disasters are increasing, one small good part is that we'll see society improving to deal with that. <laughs> Mm, maybe yeah i don't know i don't know if we can conclude that that's Um, my conclusion that's why i'm happy about climate change now there you go you you've you've uh 
You're what's what's it called when you're black pilled but optimistic? Yeah, I don't uh, know. rainbow I, pilled. Yeah, I don't know. You're rainbow pilled now. So it's uh, <laughs> rainbow pilled makes it seem like I'm a, a Toronto council member. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get Kristen Wong Tam more rainbow pilled. Um, I I know that we are. The thing is, like, we are in the twilight of liberal democracy. That's why it feels like we're in decline, because liberal democracy has created conditions uh, so drastic that uh, within 50 years, it will have been outmoded. You're just going to need either a, 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 you're going to need a more centralized authority to deal with the unprecedented problems or uh, you're it's going to descend into full on uh, failed state uh, and, you know, Mad Max zone. So, um that's uh, that's where it's going, and uh, the choices for more centralized authority are fascism or communism, and uh, so we're moving one way. <laughs> yeah, I was seeing these weird things like Stalin said that all, all social democracy and social democrats are basically fascists. Did you see that? Quote. Stalin was saying that? What yeah. Is that, what, a, what, what was his justification for I that? I think, like, just somehow the fact that they're not full-on communists. I mean, he's, Stalin was very um, uh, binary, I think. So yeah. I think he was like, anyone who's not a full-on communist is enabling the fascists. I um, think there is, like, a grain of truth to that, though, in that liberal democracy, um, as we've seen cannot be trusted to rout out fascism it by its very nature liberal democracy argues for unfettered free speech right so it also argues for speech that actively harms liberal democracy yeah um, which Maybe is we why can, we can turn to talking about the the only thing that's been in the paper because there's been a news drought is this uh, biden was saying um face facebook's killing people <laughs> is it <laughs> from the vaccine missing well, uh, I mean, I think Facebook is killing people, probably. I think it is uh, creating uh, that sense of atomization, which everybody is experiencing yeah. uh, and is making our the quality of our lives and the quality of our friendships and relationships less than they were in the past. Um, and I think that's, you know, maybe that's how it's killing us. But but it, he, he meant it literally because of vaccine misinformation. So it's a... All the libertarians uh, yeah, are up in arms, and they're like, like I'm seeing this guy Justin Amash that I, I generally agree with a lot of what he says, but now he's saying shit that I don't agree with, because he's mm -hmm. like saying he's like, there should be a right to do misinformation even if it kills people. Yeah, that's that's something. Uh, I mean, because the other extreme example is Jen Psaki said that you should be able to, uh, you know, shut down speech which is actively spreading misinformation. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, the, the, the question with that is who gets to decide what is misinformation and what is the real information, yeah. you know? But at the same time, um, I don't see a reason why platforms are obligated to host people that say the earth is flat or that. I don't understand, like, um, maybe that argument would come up with, like, a public sphere, but as we understand free speech in America, I mean, that's what's, what's weird about when people are commenting about this on facebook or twitter is like no the the gag is they're private corporations they can do what they want right they can regulate whatever speech they want but it's been pointed out before because these are the only 
most uh, the the only platforms and the most prominent platforms, you are effectively censored if you're banned from them. So, um, you know, and so we need a nationalized Facebook where you can say that you know all Jews are gonna vaccinate you with herpes mm. or something. Yeah, like that. the it's weird to me that they're privatized and then that the executive branch is is like stepping in to be like. Uh, we're going to work with the private corporations to censor people. That's bad. Yeah. I don't like that. That is that is bad. That um, Do I care if, like, Facebook does that independently? No. I don't fucking I care. I would much— I mean, I care it's when something I like. I would much but, prefer yeah. for Congress to work with Facebook. Even if it's still bad, I would still prefer yeah. for a representative uh, body— to yeah. to regulate Facebook instead of having the executive branch do executive orders to ban Mike Cernovich from every platform. But the the idea that there is no precedent for the government regulating what is true and untrue is absolutely stupid yeah. and false because the government runs education programs and which is all about, you know, what do we what do we want our kids to be true? And every year in Texas, you know, there's a there's a teach the controversy controversy where, you know, smart people are like, no, by teaching all of this God shit in science class, it's ruining fucking science class. And all the dumb people are like, no, teach the controversy, teach the thing that is not true. Mm. <laughs> it's, and it should be prescribed as just as good as the information which we have come by through methods, although not entirely 100% reliable, definitely a better source of reality testing than just making it up, you know? So, uh, yeah, I do think there are differences between qualities of information that we choose to present as fact, and I do think it is okay to regulate that shit. Yeah. I, I just, I, it's, it's annoying to me that the Congress is so broken that the only hope we have for for curbing certain things that we want to fix in society is for the, electing a president who'll do an executive order, because then the next president will just reverse it or do it back to yeah. the people we like. So, but yeah, that's because Congress is intractable. We have no sense of unity or development. We have no communitarian spirit. Uh, we have to rely on unilateral. Exercises of power, which is the executive order, which has only increased in use. You know, Trump did it even more than Obama. Who uh, Bush did it more than Obama, but Obama's Obama's were interesting. Yeah. Um, either way, consecration of power, concentration of power uh, in individuals is bad. <laughs> That's generally no one man. As Kanye said, should have all that power. Except maybe uh, I would accept Kanye having all the power. Yeah, President Kanye. Yeah. He should he should be president. People balked. But yeah, they really president. his campaign didn't take off. It was no. very religious. Um, that may have been <laughs> part of why it didn't take off as much because he was like really in your face about religion. Yeah, that's not a popular pitch. People don't. Like you have, you have like the Mike Pence people, but uh, people had that religious doubt. It's true. You know? Church going rates are are going down, um, especially among the Generation Z. It's like really low. Yeah. Well, now that they've gotten rid of Latin Mass, forget about it. I know? actually saw that argument. Are you like? Did you see that? 
No, yeah, I saw yeah. that argument that kids today were so excited about the Agnes Dei yeah. and the Kyrie. They love the Latin. They, they were going for the fucking <laughs> These Kyrie. These kids love the Latin mass. Um, yeah. And we robbed it of them. What kid doesn't want to go to Vespers? <laughs> Do they not love Vespers? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very funny. Um, but the, yeah, mm. I think Gen Z, like only like 30% of them believe in God. Wow. Based, based they'll, they'll grow into it once they realize, like, there's no alternative that will present itself that will make you, like, feel good in your life every day. Like, believing in God is not really about concretely um, thinking there is God or not. Yeah. It's just, like, everything else I've tried has made me feel terrible. Yeah. So I'm going to try this. And then you feel good. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to keep doing it. I mean, that's why they do it in AA, right? Mm -hmm. It's um, it's more than just surrendering yourself to a higher power. Uh, it can be very therapeutic yeah. because it means that, one, you acknowledge that you're not that in control of your actions, which is very comforting. Uh, and two, uh, there's, there's something to go towards, not unlike my conception of space, there's a future, you know, even if that future is the afterlife, there's something that's ahead. There's something to look forward to. There's a goal. There's a purpose, you know, and uh, that's why uh, you need you need something. You need a higher thing in your life. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh... Some people choose to supplant that with, you know, dogmatic communism, and it works <laughs> out for them. <laughs> it kind of works out. Uh but yeah, space can be God. You can be like, after you die, you go into space and you live in space. And uh, that'd be cool. Space is my God. I love going out into space. Uh, uh, Jupiter. I worship Jupiter. That's, that's a good one. Paganism. That's, a yeah. good, that's like the communitarian version. <laughs> yeah. Well, why not paganism? You know? Well, because. Why not? Cause it, Let's bring big paganism. It's, back. it's barbaric. That's why. Uh, yeah, but we make it like, we make it like desk paganism with like nice desks and... Okay, go on. <laughs> no, that's all it is. It's just the problem with paganism before is they didn't have any desks, so it wasn't a, like a professional looking operation. Uh, but now we're, we're going to have like a lot of nice mahogany desks and people will not be able to doubt that, what this, this, these pagans, they really got their shit together. Look at these desks. Incredible. Yeah, well, there's no silver bullet for, for any of these problems that we discuss on the show, but um, that's... Except for werewolves. Oh, yeah, I guess there is a silver bullet for <laughs> werewolves. <laughs> uh, that's a big problem. Um, no, we discuss it week after week because it's fun. Because you got to have friends who you talk about feeling bad with. Yeah. And that is the only thing in this life which is... Uh, truly mitigating yeah and um so do that as a parting word uh if you feel full don't stop eating keep doing it shovel it down um make yourself sick you only live once <laughs> <laughs>